Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good day, everyone. This is Tony Moskal with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for everyone. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Hey, everybody. It's a new week. What are you betting on? What's going on with you in the NBA playoffs? What's going on with the Lakers and the Clippers? What about the NHL playoffs? Did you bet on the Indy 500? Did you bet that Helio Castroneves would represent the old guys and come away with his fourth victory? Hey, Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. As many of you know, I am a huge proponent of the multi-sport athlete. I think it's great for kids. I think it's great for them in several areas of their development, both as athletes and as people. And today I'm joined by one of the best in the Southern section, junior Jake East from Agora High School. On the football field, he has a career 70 receptions, just under 1,300 yards, 15 touchdowns, and he's got 186 tackles on defense. Not only that, but he is an absolute stud on the lacrosse field. He's already verbally committed to Brown University. Jake, thank you for taking the time to join me here on the podcast. Absolutely. Excited to be here. How did you become so talented? (laughs) Well, you know, I've obviously worked in my craft forever, especially lacrosse on the lacrosse field, just because that used to be more of my focus. But... As a kid, you know, I started playing lacrosse in about fourth grade, and I started playing football probably also the, about the same time. And just from then, I've just mainly focused on those two sports, and I've been grinding, you know, some personal training with my coach from uh, for, fo- or for lacrosse, Sean Lindsay from Agora. And then for football, you know, I grew up with my dad, who was my coach, and he was my coach for all of youth, and, you know, he really perfected my craft, and he perfected – our team we were one of the most we were actually the most successful team in like agora youth history we went to like the semifinals every year we went to the championship our our senior year just because we had such an amazing team and we ended up losing but just i've just been growing every year which is really important and just working on my craft all the time just like this morning i was out doing some training for football you know right before this and everything like that so i just think i just working on my craft and just growing as a player has just made me so much of a better player. This and your now. dad played football at Brown. Yeah. And obviously that's helped you. What was it like having your dad coach you? Because I'm a parent. I coached my kids. I look back and I think, wow, I wish I could have changed this or this or this. But for some people, it's a great thing. And for some people, it's not so great. What was it like for you guys? Yeah, I mean, so we had a great group of kids, you know, there's a couple other football players, one of my friends who my dad coached forever, that was on my team, Travis, who just committed to Oregon State, and then another player, Cooper, just got his first offer for football, so all of us were together since our first years ever playing football, even in flag football, and my dad was always our coach, and for me, you know, like, we argued a little, you know, a little father-son, I would maybe talk talk back sometimes. (laughs) But uh, I think it, it was an amazing experience just because he knew so much about football and a lot of youth coaches, you know, they just like think they can 
go out there and just coach guys up when they don't know that much. So I think he was a lot more experienced than a lot of the other youth coaches. And we were always the best coach team on the field that we, every team we played against, some teams may have had a little more talent in other areas and bigger alignment, but we always matched up just because of the coaching that we had, you know, it was amazing. And your friend, Travis Throckmorton over at Simi Valley. Yeah. And and we'll get into this. The, the friendships that you guys develop, it's such a small tight knit community. Then you see each other on the lacrosse field or on the football field. But what, as a lacrosse player and a football player, start with lacrosse, what are your strengths as a lacrosse player? For me, lacrosse-wise, you know, since Sean was kind of like my mentor and he's always been, he's been my coach since I started playing lacrosse from my first year. So I just, I think that I kind of picked up like how he played because he would always show me videos and, you know, he was my, obviously my personal coach. I worked with him so much. So on the lacrosse field, I think like Sean had, my strengths are a lot of, I have really good vision on the field. I can always find the open guy. And also just being really patient. I'm a really patient player on the field. So like when I pick up, when I dodge, you know, I beat one guy, the slide comes. I always like to back it out, you know, re-dodge, keep my options open. And I always look for the open guy. So I think patience is honestly probably my greatest strength on the lacrosse field. And he, he and I talked yesterday. I was coming home from the PV Loyola game, and I, I asked him about that, and he mentioned that you have a very high lacrosse IQ and that you are patient. How long have you been playing the game, and how did you get started? Yeah, so like most kids out here, you know, I started with I started playing baseball first just because, like, I don't know, it's an introductory sport. So I played baseball for a while, and once I stopped, you know, having a lot of fun in baseball just because – when you're kids, it gets a little, you know, boring at the time. Yeah. Yep. You know, there was, I needed something else just because like I already played like four sports or something like that. So I needed something else. And my parents found out about like that. There's like some lo- local lacrosse teams, like some youth teams starting and they didn't know much about it. So they put me out for it just because they heard like, it was like high energy, you run a lot, you know? So they thought maybe I'd like it. So from then on, you know, I picked it up. I loved it. And uh, once I got a little older, like I started in, I think, seventh grade going back to the East Coast just because like my game developed a lot and like and Sean thought I could do so. And then since then, you know, I've just I've gone back East every year for tournaments and it just picked up and recruiting picked up a lot. You know, on that September 1st date, we were allowed to get recruited. You know, I got a ton of calls and it just picked up from there. And now on the football field, you're you're a heck of a football player, I, a two-way player. I look at your numbers and think, wow, what is it about football that makes you so special? Yeah, so I, I think on the football field, especially so on offense, I think it's just also, again, I'm a really patient player in both football and lacrosse. So, you know, when I, when I catch a ball or anything, I'm always patient. I look for the open like lane and everything because I used to play running back back in youth. But uh, on the defensive side, it's just my ability to read plays. So once again, a high IQ just because, you know, I study the game a lot. I study football more just because it needs to be studied a little more than lacrosse does. But um, I think my IQ and just being able, I always attack at full speed. I'm always going full speed on the field. So, you know, when I see a play developing when I'm on defense, you know, I'm always there to attack. And a lot of the times I know where the ball is going before, you know, the play even unfolds just because – of how much I study the game too. Yeah, and it's football is one of those things. There's so many other things going on as a defensive player 
are they running? Are they throwing? What kind of route combinations are they doing? What are they doing with the running back? Or all that and film study and all that. And you're a smart kid going to Brown. You probably got a, a GPA three times anything I ever got. <laughs> what makes you so smart? You know, for me, you know, it's just I think naturally I was pretty I'm – I'm a bright kid, you know. But also I just – I apply myself a lot. So this – my GPA right now is a 4.1, which I'm like really happy with, obviously. <laughs> but just applying myself and studying hard in sports and in school, you know, in school, my parents have always told me to keep my grades up so I could keep my options open for school. So like, obviously, I wouldn't be able to get into an Ivy League school or even be recruited by one if I didn't keep my grades up, which my parents always told me. So my parents pushed it on me a lot. And also just applying myself every day is just so important and not getting lazy like it's very easy to get lazy especially right now when i'm like at home and everything but i think just applying myself and focusing and working hard is definitely the reason why i have these good grades and options for football and lacrosse too and then that transfers out onto the athletic field as well because a work ethic in one then you know gives you a good work ethic in the other and i'm sure you know, your teachers and coaches really appreciate that with the example that you set for everybody else. Being a junior, and Coach Lindsay told me that you've become more vocal as a leader. Yeah. A lot of times underclassmen really aren't the the take charge kind of guys. How did that work for you where you became the, the junior but leader on your teams? Yeah. So the same thing for both football and lacrosse, you know. I just I had a realization this year where it's just like the last couple of years I was I played on varsity as a freshman for both sports so you know it's hard to speak up when you're the youngest guy on the team obviously but being one of the main players and the main featured players on the team even when I was younger I still had to step up sometimes you know occasionally but most of the time the older guys took over but I had to come to a realization these couple of years that my teams needed me to speak out and they needed me to become a leader for us to be successful, especially on the football and lacrosse field, just because we have also a lot of young guys. Football, I think we had four seniors that started, so not too much. And then lacrosse, I think we had three. So, you know, it's hard for a couple guys to speak out. So I, I think this year I just realized that I had to be a leader for us to be more successful and I had to be a leader for everyone to buy in on the team and especially in football, just because we had those couple rough seasons and this year we bounced back. So I think me being a leader just helped for everyone to buy in and for everyone to like work harder. So I think I definitely needed to do that. So that's why, you know, I had to start obviously. Now last year in football, you guys go one and nine this year, you go three and three. What was the difference? And obviously, you know, with the pandemic and everything, it, it was just crazy. And, and and hopefully it's coming to an end. But, you know, one in nine, that's got to be demoralizing and, and rough, showing up to practice. And But this year, you guys won your first three. Yeah. You know, then, then you ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw, finished three and three. But things are going in the right direction. What's the difference? Yeah, I mean, so this year, even either way, we should have gone five and one, you know, a little disappointed just because we lost two games by seven, which we shouldn't have lost. One of the games, yeah, we should have lost. But the, the big the big difference was just the kids on my team buying in and the kids on my team, including like everyone on our team, not even just 
individual players. But this year, instead of last year, you know, everyone was buying in this year. Everyone was hitting the weight room way harder. On the field, our practices were a lot more intense. And everyone was, like, being forced. And with me and all the other leaders speaking up, everyone was forced to work way harder than the year before. And the year before, when we went one and done, and obviously everyone was down on themselves. But people were just coming up, coming to practice, just going through the motions, going not going full speed, not going hard at all. And I think this year with Coach Croyd coming in, I think the culture just shifted back to what it used to be when Agora was more successful. And I think that's the most important part. And with all of our leaders pushing that culture on all the other players, I think everyone just bought in, which was most important because we definitely have the athletes. We just we we weren't putting it together before just because no one was, you know, no one cared as much as they do now. And you've got some of those guys, some two sport guys, you, Meehan, McCarthy. Are you guys kind of like that little group that says, hey, we're not going to put up with this anymore because you've had success on the lacrosse field. You guys know what success looks like. Have you guys been the main guys trying to pull that football team to get everybody moving in the same direction? Yeah, definitely. Like we, we obviously we've never lacrosse. We've always gone. We want. We went. They went to the semifinals the year before us. Our freshman year, we went to the quarterfinals. This year, we we had a great year. So these guys know what winning takes, especially on the lacrosse field too. So in football, they were definitely huge leaders. But I think also a lot of the seniors that just graduated were big parts of it. And also like our sophomore quarterback, you know, he helped a lot in speaking up, which is going to help this year too. him being a junior. So all of us will all be seniors this year and we know what winning takes. So I think this year is going to be a really successful year with all of us as leaders. And how forward are you guys looking to it? I know, you know, you're, everything's over right now. Summer's coming. You guys are done with school next week, but how eager are you guys to get back at it, to get in the weight room, to get back out on the field, to start throwing around, you know, to start doing seven on sevens and stuff. Yeah. No, the kids are definitely fired up. We've already been having, we have 615 lifts and speed training uh, every morning or three to four times a week. So everyone and everyone shows up, which is like back in the day, Not I don't think everyone would be there at 615 in the morning. Everyone's bought in. Everyone is fired up. Everyone's so excited for the season just because we know that we're going to be a very successful team this year. And I think that, you know, we've seen our schedule. We've seen everything. We know we can win way more than the majority of our games. And I think that everyone's just fired up because of the season, how it went last year. And I think that, you know, everyone's looking forward. You know, we have some seven on seven starting, I think, in a couple of weeks, which is very exciting. And um, all the players are really bought in right now, which is amazing to see. That's awesome. And that's the whole, I think, when a new coach comes in, I don't care what the sport is, is how to change the culture and how to get guys, you know, going in that right direction and say, let's put this behind you. And you look at your schedule, Ventura, Buena, El Camino, you know, Moore Park, Calabasas. That's that's not an easy schedule. That's a, that's Those are some good teams out there. Yeah. You know, and you guys are probably believing we put in the work, we're going to go be successful. Absolutely. Yep. When you look at, Coach Lindsay told me that, you know, lacrosse and football kind of overlapped this year. And there was a game, I can't remember which game it was. And and the football players, he wasn't counting on you guys to be there because you had a game. But you guys all showed up to the lacrosse game. You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, I think it was our first Westlake game. Okay. All of us showed up. 
I, how awesome was that for him to see, to not know that you guys were going to be there? And then here come these guys, you know, putting their football stuff in their bag and throwing that in the car and getting their lacrosse stuff and coming out. Yeah, I mean, we were all just like, we knew that us as leaders had to be there because we're such big parts of the team. And once we came to that game, everyone was so excited. That was one of the best games we played all year. And it's just because all the kids on the team, you know, they count on us especially. And we hadn't been to those games because we'd been in football. So when Coach Lindsay saw us, you know, he was so happy to see us come out. And he was happy to see all of us show up, not just like certain kids. And I think that when we did show up and when the season started, because we showed up, that was like, I think that was our first couple games, maybe like the fourth one. Since we started showing up even during football, I think our team just like knew that since these guys are, you know, doing both of these sports and they're committed that we just need to buy in also. And I think that helped our team uh, be so successful this year also. And I'm sure that the attitude and the, and the kind of pep in everybody's step kind of got a little bit quicker, like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> these guys are coming back because they all know what you and Meehan and McCarthy can do. Yeah. But now that you're not taking a break, you know, you could have from football, but now you're saying, you know what, we're going to do football and we're going to come out to this. So yeah. I'm sure everybody kind of had that extra little boost of energy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Most definitely. Oh, we were, especially, you know, after that, especially we were all fired up. We were all ready to go. And I think all of us just bought in, especially like the young kids. Cause we had a, we had a, a lot of sophomores playing this year too. Not not too much, but a couple that were in big spots on defense. And I think them seeing us, you know, commit that hard, I think that made them better players too. What is it that you like about both sports? Because I I, I played both. Well, I didn't play them very well. But <laughs> I played club lacrosse and in, in college we were a club team. Okay. And, and I love lacrosse. Once I picked it up, I thought, man, this what a great game. Yeah. But there's also something about football. What do you like about both? Yeah. So I think both sports are, you know, very different in their own way. And the thing I love about football, especially, is just the hype that comes with football. You know, the stands are packed, you know, everything like that. When you go to college, every, everyone loves the sport and the school's fully behind you. But, you know, lacrosse is so much different. And the reason I love lacrosse is because you're always moving. In football, you know, you take plays. You know, you wait for the other team in the huddle, everything like that. Lacrosse, you know, it's constant action. And that's the reason I play midfield, just because I'm running back and forth. You know, I get to go off sometimes. But on our team, you know, I'm a big part of the team, so I have to stay on all the time. And I just love the constant action of lacrosse. And I don't know, just something about scoring in lacrosse, too, just gets me so fired up. And football, it's just like, it's the same thing. Making a big hit, you know, I just... I can't. I, I just love this both these sports so much, and they just are so different in their own ways. And it's just amazing that I get to play both, especially this year. You know, no break off, but it was perfectly fine with me. I was happy to do so. Now, when you look at both sports, there are crossover skills. You know, you're a defensive back in football, and I think the skill from you know covering a guy is kind of the same as defending a guy dodging in lacrosse. What skills and what things do you work on that work with both sports? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing with both sports is, you know, getting fast feet and becoming a quicker player. So for me, I've always been really quick, but, you know, everyone always catches up to you if you don't put in any work. So doing a lot of footwork drills and everything like that, even just even if I 
do like ladder, let's say for football DB, it'll make my feet so much faster for me dodging because, you know, I'm, I'll be two steps ahead of the guy I'm going against. And if I'm trying to cover someone, having quick feet makes it easier for me to recover. So I think the main part is just having quick feet and being quick. So a lot of the drills I'll do is ladder, footwork, cone work, you know, everything like that. And that just moves over to both sports and it helps me both ways. And weight training, I assume the same thing as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So before this year, you know, I wasn't huge into weights and this year I gained like 20 to 30 pounds just from lifting and everything. And it, it showed up in football. You know, I could take hits, not like before I could obviously hit guys much harder. And then on the lacrosse field, you know, it was much easier for me to lean into guys. It was much easier for me to push guys off. And it, it really helped my game so much from weight training. And then when you're leaning into those guys and, and the lower body as well as the upper body, when you're checking a guy or you're leaning in on somebody, and I'm sure the weight program there is you're working on everything. Absolutely. Are the programs, are the strength programs pretty similar for both sports for you? Or yeah, do you do so, differently? Yeah. No. So this year for lacrosse, we didn't have, we honestly didn't have the time to do weight training since our season was so short. But for football, you know, our season was dragged on for I don't know how many months. So football, we did a lot of we did a lot of lifting this year, more than we usually do in the past. But now, once again, we're starting speed training. And the speed training in football and lacrosse looks extremely similar because it's all about uh, quick bursts, everything like that. Like, obviously, football, most, most of the stuff is in a 10-yard span. Yeah. So it's... Uh, important to have good acceleration and in lacrosse it's a lot pretty similar not as much but pretty similar so a lot of it's acceleration boosting and a lot of quick feet because both sports you know you need quick feet like I said earlier your the lacrosse team has had a lot of success you know this year you go you get into the playoffs I think you guys lost to Corona Del Mar yeah what is it but your youth you guys are so young what do you need to do to get over that hump to make that deep run in the playoffs yeah so this year was the first year, you know, CIF took over lacrosse, obviously. And uh, CIF took over the sport and they did their Southern section thing. So usually in the past, we would only play LA section teams. Like Loyola would usually win our section or PV. Right. And the thing, I think the thing was before a, a couple years ago, two to three years ago, when we got to those big games, like when we got to play Loyola in the semifinals or PV in the semifinals, I think all of our guys were just happy to get to that point and happy to be there. But what's happened in the last couple of years, especially this year, is we were not satisfied just getting there. Even though we lost, we played like one of the best games I've seen us play. And even though that Corona Del Mar team like was a pretty amazing team who just won their next game too. Right. I think we were not satisfied with just being there and just showing up. We wanted to show them how LA teams play and how Agora plays. And I think the next step is just, I think everyone just needs to buy into the culture and it's hard to just because some of the teams have a little more talent than us, but I think with our amazing coaching and everything, I think we could get past that point in the next couple of years. And coach Lindsay said to me that I asked him, where have you improved the most? And he mentioned, you know, your high IQ, your patience. Yeah. And he said that COVID actually may have helped you because yeah. you guys worked together so much. And he said, he, you know, when you were working with him, then when you went out alone, you knew what you needed to work on as far as shooting and the areas where you've improved on are, are shooting on the run. 
yeah. How do you practice doing all of that stuff? Yeah. So with shooting on the run, you know, it's, it's a super hard process because your body's, you have your feet moving forward while you're twisting up top. And it's a really odd movement that you don't really see in any other sport. So the main purpose is I used to struggle a little more, even my, my fresh, we obviously didn't have a sophomore season for me, right. but my freshman year, you know, I struggle with putting velocity on the ball on the run and everything. And then over quarantine, me and Sean started working a lot harder on shooting on the run. And he just put it in my head that I needed to do certain things, like keep my feet moving forward. And I needed to get my core and my hips more involved in my shot. So once I kept re repeating that and doing repetition, me and Sean would shoot, I don't know, three times a week, every week. And when I would come home on those days that we weren't going, I'd practice the stuff that he taught me and I would have his voice in my head. And I think that just like improved my shot so much. Like I've, I've never seen like my shot improved to an unreal amount. And now it's just second nature to me when before I had to focus so much on it. So I think just him embedding that in my head and I would hear his voice and me just putting the work in, in my backyard and everything like that just helped my game and my shot move to another level that it wasn't at before. Who shoots harder, you or him? I think I shot a – I don't know. Because <laughs> he, he still has it. I don't know. It's unreal, but he still has it. It's crazy, isn't it? What's it like – and I, I know that lacrosse is, you know, exploding out here. A lot of East Coast guys have come out here. What's it like to have somebody who was such an accomplished player like him work with you? And did you know who he was when he came to Agora? I mean, no, because like I wasn't at the time I wasn't into lacrosse, you know, it was like, it's obviously grown even in the last five years, but moreover in the last 10 years. But having him as my coach, like I'm honestly so grateful just because he's, once again, I said that I kind of mimic his game, which I do. Like it's, it's pretty crazy when I watch some videos, but um it's it's so amazing just because he's obviously you know sent a lot of players to go play d1 lacrosse in our area and from our school which is amazing but i think with me he mentored me really hard just because as young i think he knew that i had a lot of potential so him being my like my personal mentor and teaching me the game how through his eyes i think made like i'm so grateful for it and it's so amazing to have someone so experienced just because at other schools, some people just hire like dads or other things like that in our area, which is like, we actually have a guy who played pro lacrosse and was a champion. So it's unreal. And some guys, you know, you look at the, the history of coaches in sports, you know, just because they played doesn't mean that they're going to be great yeah. coaches. But but it, it, in lacrosse, I think, you know, to you have to play the game to really understand it. Because yeah. it is so different of a game because Definitely. there are so many things going on with the throwing and the catching and the stick. Definitely. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, like the, the, the area, you know, it's, it's a small area. You know, you guys play together in the youth. Yeah. Now you're going against each other. You know, you mentioned Travis Throckmorton over at Simi Valley and, you know, you're lining up at DB and he's the quarterback and you're saying, yeah, go ahead, throw it my way. <laughs> How much trash talking is there on both of those fields with guys that you grew up playing with? Yeah, I mean, me, 
me and all those kids, you know, we played youth together and now we've just split up, which is sad to see, but it's okay. I mean, we have been best friends, like, after our game with uh, Travis. You know, I went to – me and him went and got food. <laughs> so it's, like, obviously on the field we are intense. You know, we're in the game. We're locked in. But, I mean, the trash talking, I mean, there was definitely there was definitely some. You know, there was definitely a little. But, you know, we love each other and we're so close that it's, like, we – Definitely talk some trash, but nothing too serious just because of how much we respect each other and know that we're each, like, really good players. And, you know, it's hard to trash talk someone if they're, you know, doing well against you guys. So right. <laughs> he just he just burned you for a post pattern over the middle. You're not going to go back and talk crap to him, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, your dad played football at Brown. Yeah. Um, you're a great football player. Uh, why did you choose Brown for right now? Yeah. So uh, with lacrosse, you know, I definitely, I had a lot of options for recruiting wise. My final, I brought it down to Harvard, Michigan, and Syracuse and Brown. But when I, I toured, I went to Michigan, I went to Harvard, you know, Brown, it just felt, it felt like home to me. I've, I've only been there. I went and visited once with my dad when I was younger, but I never thought, you know, I never thought I'd be able to get to an Ivy league school. But, you know, dreams, you know, come true, obviously. But it, I just, it felt like home to me. And when I toured the campus with a couple of lacrosse kids, I met a couple of kids and they just seemed like types of guys that, you know, their culture seemed like something that I understand and it's something that I would fit into. And when I went to those other schools, you know, it didn't feel as much like home and the culture didn't feel something that as much as I fit into. And Brown just felt so great with all the guys there and I met the, and the coaches just felt like they like understood me and all. So I just think I just fit in so much and it felt more like home than anywhere else. And now you see a lot of guys that you probably played with over the club circuits, you know, um, Sharp and Gaffney, you know, going to Harvard, going to Yale. Do you guys talk or are you friends with them? And do you talk about their experience in recruiting as well as your own? Yeah, cause, so I talked – I never really talked to uh, Brad, but with Owen, I talked to Owen a lot just because of my – I was thinking about going to Harvard really. Like it was one – it was like probably my second choice. So I talked to Owen a lot about the process, and he was really understanding of, you know, what feels like home, and he said Harvard felt like home to him. And once – I talked to him a lot before I committed to Brown and because I was obviously thinking about Harvard – but once after I committed, he texted me and he was like, you know, great choice, you know, whatever felt like home to you. So I think the guys really understood it. And I think their process like made some sense, just like mine did. So even though I didn't go to where he's going, you know, he was still really happy for me. And he, he just knew that you should go somewhere where you're going to feel comfortable for four years and it's going to be your home for four years, which is very important. Now, you're also a, a fantastic football player. Is anybody still recruiting you for football? Yeah, no. So, yeah. So, for football right now, you know, I'm trying also to see what options I can get for football. And I've picked up, like, a lot of looks from uh, a couple. I've been talking to uh, a lot of uh, Patriot League schools, a couple Ivy League schools, and then some schools, some local schools like Cal Poly, some big sky schools around here. So mostly FCS looks, so like uh, the second division one. But I definitely think football is still an option for me, and I honestly think I may want to play some football in college too. What would be the decision maker for you 
because I've always told people that college is not a four-year decision. It's a 40-year decision. Yeah. And a school like anything in the Ivy League, the Patriot League, those schools are so good. Their alumni base is so good. Their professional contacts after you graduate are just ridiculous. But what's going to be the deciding factor for you? And I know you've still got a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my parents also and myself, I think I don't think I'm going to I would not want to settle for any school less than a school that's going to help me uh, embrace my future, you know. So I think I I will not I'm not going to not go to Brown if I don't get anything else that I don't think is almost equivalent or somewhere that can set up my future. So I definitely need my parents and I only are really looking at good academic schools that can set me up in the future. And you know, talking to the coaches and seeing how their alumni is and you know how their alumni sets up jobs everywhere, you know, that's definitely really important to me. What is it that you want to study and and major in? Uh, business. Okay. And Michigan, man, they got a great business school, but then again, you look at the Ivy leagues and they're all about business. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Well, no matter, I think, you know, no matter where you go, no matter what sport you play, you're, you're going to be successful. You've still got one year left in high school and and, and enjoy it because there's nothing like high school sports playing with your buddies you know, like you said with Travis, going out to dinner afterwards and and sitting and reminiscing about, hey, that time that we played against each other and all that, that's just going to be the memories that last a lifetime for you. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. It's, high school has been a great experience so far, you know, just hoping to get this last year. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully everybody gets back in person because I'm a teacher and I, I hated this year just <laughs> talking to a computer with with nobody. Last thing before I let you go, I want to ask you five off-the-wall questions. You mentioned you're a Dodger fan. I see that Red Sox pennant behind you. And being a lifelong Yankee fan, it just kills me. But you are a lifelong Dodger fan. Yes, sir. Who is your favorite player of all time, either playing now or retired or passed on? Um, I think I think Justin Turner, just because, you know, he's all he's been like such a great help to the Dodgers in the last, you know, few years. And I just think he's the most consistent player recently also. And I've just like always loved, you know, the, the red beard and everything. <laughs> and he's a local guy, he went to Mayfair High School. Yep. Uh, what is your favorite memory other than the World Series this past year? I mean, probably when we went, me, my dad worked for Bank of America, so they get some t- some nice tickets, you know, some behind the uh, uh, home plate tickets. And uh, me and my dad and my sister and a couple of his work friends, we got some, uh, I think it was semifinal uh, Dodger games when they were playing, I believe it might have been the Braves like two years ago, I think. And it was like one of the most awesome games ever. I remember one time I said, "I said uh, every time I'm here, Turner hits a home run, and the next at bat he hit a home run." <laughs> well, you're as good luck charm, right? Yep. <laughs> what is the farthest you've traveled to go to a Dodger game? Um, I went to a Dodger game. See, so when I travel, you know, it obviously depends if they're there. But I went to a Dodger game in Philadelphia when they were playing the Phillies. What is your go-to food when you go to the stadium? Definitely a Dodger dog and some peanuts. What do you put on the hot dog? Uh, mustard, ketchup, and relish. Everything. All right. All right. And what are you looking most forward to this year now that fans are going to be back a lot in the stadium at full capacity? 
Yeah, I mean, I just I just want to get out to some games. My dad already went to one. I was pretty jealous, but uh, I just want to get to a game. You know, the games are some of the most fun I ever have, and just seeing like the guys obviously in person and seeing them play. Obviously, they're uh, doing really well, but not as much as people would want. But you know, I think they're going to pull through in the playoffs, and I hope I can get to a playoff game. It's a long season, man. One hundred sixty-two games. You're going to have your peaks and valleys. <laughs> Definitely. Well, Jake, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to do this with me. You know, I, I, I'm trying to help grow the sport of lacrosse because I think it's such a fantastic game. And, and you're a big part of that here in Southern California. And, you know, along with got the guys on your team and the guys at Loyola and PV that I've come in contact with, it's a great thing. And, and thank you for taking the time to do this. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And best of luck moving forward. You too, man. Thank you so much. All right. I'd like to thank everybody for taking the time to listen. The podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Uh, numbers are going down. Playoffs are happening. June 15th, get rid of those masks. Uh, looks like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully that light is not a train coming at us. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Until the next time, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.